stew. He sits in his hilltop mansion, AK-15 assault rifle across his lap. The wind rattles the large pane of glass in the picture window overlooking the valley. He jumps up, swings the barrel of the weapon toward the window, and prepares to fire. Nothing there, no one. Still, he knows he's under assault by family members who want his dough, who want to bleed him dry, by employees who want raises and more vacations and shorter workdays and more benefits, by competitors who want to destroy him, who want him to fail, go belly up. And most of all, most of all by the riffraff who refuse to work, who live off the dole, the blacks and the Hispanics and the immigrants and the dirty whites who think America is a pot they can piss in. They hate him because he's rich and powerful and successful with yachts and planes and homes in seven countries because he has what they so desperately want. The trophy wife, for instance. Look at her coming down the winding stairway. 23 years his junior. A former fashion model. Stick thin. Perfect set of fake boobs. An ass so tight you could bounce a ball off it and send it to the Milky Way. Sure, he needs ED meds to get it up to do her. And she daydreams about the pool boy at their beachfront bungalow in Maui while he grinds away. But still, she's on his arm when they attend the galas and the races and the... Whoa, what, what was that? Below the sweep of manicured lawn. What was that? Along the tree line. He definitely saw something move. They're coming. They're coming to get him. He knows it. They're coming. Morning, Stuart coos his bride on her way to the kitchen, and a sugar-free latte royale prepared to perfection by Consuela, their Honduran maid who has no papers. He grunts. He knows she hates him. And he knows why. Because he's so damn condescending. Because they both know exactly why she's here in his mansion. She wants to live the life of Riley, and he wants the hot young thing he can afford. It has nothing to do with love. He married for love the first time. Oh, Christ, he hates when this happens, when he starts thinking about it, which he does every damn day, twice a day, three times a day, and always at night when he can't sleep, which is every single night unless he chugs a vodka with a fistful of those pills the doc gave him. They met senior year of high school, right after he moved to town at the end of summer. It was love at first sight, he the quarterback and she the sprightly cheerleader. They went to community college together and then to state. After graduation, they loaded up his old Plymouth with camping gear and set off on the adventure of a lifetime. Up the East Coast and into Canada, Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, the Northern Lights at that wild Cape Wolf campground on the Gulf of St. Lawrence. Smoking grass and making love under the stars with absolutely nowhere to be and absolutely no one telling them what to do. 
across Canada, free as birds. Quebec, Ontario, Manitoba, the Great Plains of flat, windy Saskatchewan. Running out of dough and landing in Missoula, where she waited tables and he cut grass for the maintenance department at the University of Montana. They camped in the woods on the outskirts of town, and when the weather turned cold, they counted their cash and made for warmer climbs. Easy as can be. For almost two years, they traveled around the States and Canada and Mexico, taking this road and that road, working this job and that job, motel maid, roofer, receptionist, bartender, dance instructor, farmhand, flower arranger, laborer. Happy and carefree, the lovers made friends everywhere they landed. They broke bread and drank wine and smoked grass with Americans and Canadians and Mexicans of all ilks in big cities and in small villages. They had few possessions and even less attitudes. But eventually, so they believed, the time came to head home, find jobs, get married, settle down, push their frivolous gypsy ways into the past. A hundred damn years ago, he mutters, scanning his hilltop acreage with his Steiner M830 binoculars that cost more than a good used car. Actually, Stu, 41 years ago. And in that time, you turned that little Buick dealership where you started as a salesman into a mega auto mall selling 18 international brands, including Buick, GM, BMW, Audi, Cadillac, VW, Porsche, and Alfa Romeo. You lied cheated, begged, borrowed, and stole to make it happen, made mega millions and millions of enemies along the way, including the love of your life, who you belittled for getting fat after delivering you six children, and you ultimately dumped for the skinny broad sashaying across the front foyer with her steaming latte. All six kids despise you because you never had any time for them, caught up as you were in making money, in squeezing every last dollar out of every last customer who walked through the door. You tried to buy the kitties off with gifts and trips to exotic locales, but it didn't work because they wanted what you couldn't give. Your employees They hate your guts, even if they pretend otherwise. You're stingy and demanding, and you make them work on Saturdays when the kids they love have dance recitals and field hockey games and birthdays to celebrate. For reasons unknown and entirely unexplored, Stu, the young man with the open mind and the free spirit who loved everyone and didn't give a damn about race, creed, color, or what kind of car a man drove has turned into a narrow-minded, bigoted, sexist looney tune with an AK-15 across his lap. You vote your wallet, Stu, your fear, and your anger. You believe the crazies who insist white guys, especially old white guys, are getting a raw deal, that the country is turning into a socialist hellhole that will soon be controlled by women and immigrants. You spent your youth driving around this beautiful country smiling and getting high and making love to the woman you loved, 
befriending one and all, rich and poor, black and white, male and female, fat and thin, tall and short, drunk or sober, capitalist or commie. Now you hole up in your mansion, get limoed to private airports, fly on your private plane to other private airports, and get limoed to other mansions where you sit and stew. You're a prisoner of your own crimes, Stu. You've lost your mind. And more importantly, you've lost your freedom. Holy shit, Stu, look out! Here they come, the heathens! Out of the woods and across the lawn, around the swimming pool, over the brick wall, and up onto the patio, swarming like locusts, armed and dangerous. A patio chair explodes through the picture window. Here they come, Stu, here they come! Here they come.